Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. A beautiful good morning to all our listeners around 101.9 High FM land and good morning, Fagy. Good morning, Adol. You look glad today. I went on a good walk this morning, actually, so I feel glam. <laughs> you're glowing, you're glowing. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about exercise today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one, of the, one of the key elements, one of the pillars of good health is that we exercise. And um, yeah, I, I've been trying actually a lot to try make this a proper a proper part of my life. But there is also a part of our exercise that we actually need to know what to eat. Um, if you don't eat properly and don't give your body the right nutrients and and uh, and and uh, energy, then you you could you could compromise your your exercise and your body could actually ricochet the wrong way around. I feel like we could say it the other way around as well. It's like yeah. if you exercise well, I can just eat that piece of pizza. So oh, that too, that too. I'm a, a, quite a few members of my family who shan't be mentioned. They think, okay, let's go out, let's indulge, let's eat everything that we can, and then I'll just walk it off. They go, they go, they go mal at the gym for an hour, and they just try burn it all off. Okay, we're going to try and find the middle path, and today we are very excited to have on board Bela Brisky. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's degree in nutrition and exercise sciences. Baylor graduated uh, summa cum laude from Brooklyn College with a bachelor's degree in health and nutrition sciences, and she completed a dietetic internship at the prestigious New York Presbyterian Hospital. She has gained extensive experience as a clinical dietitian at New York's uh, Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital and at Kingsbrook Jewish Medical Center. She's provided medical nutrition therapy to patients with a wide variety of medical conditions. Simultaneously, she completed her master's degree in nutrition and exercise science at Queen's College to help bridge the gap between her passions for both nutrition and exercise. She has served as a sports performance dietitian at the Stony Brook University Athletics, counseling individual athletes and teams on nutritional for optimal performance and health. And so we are going to be speaking all things nutrition and sport, and we would love you to join the conversation. Um, our SMS line is 34519. Our telegram number, is our telegram number. I'm just actually going to give over this job to you. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, good morning, Baylor. Thank you for joining us on the show. Good morning, Baylor. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, before we even start with nutrition and with sports, um, it's great uh, I pick up and I've met you for the first time, even though I believe you you live across the road from some family of mine. You're obviously not native to South Africa. Welcome to South Africa. How long have you been here? What are you doing here? Thank you. I feel like a native already, you know, driving on the wrong side of the road and eating biltong. Uh, been here for going on two years, so uh yeah, we're here. We're here to stay. We love it here. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Did you hear out there all the South Africans? We've got an American that loves being in South Africa. That's fantastic. And actually, yeah, my husband is also American. So we're two New Yorkers living in Johannesburg and loving every second of it. I think we should change. How can you welcome you to Why should we stay in South Africa? <laughs> okay, but we won't. 
We won't. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I did read your credentials, but, you know, um, what made you come into this type of, uh, of, of practice? Sure. I, I grew up in a household where, you know, as a kid, I'd watch my mom have her aerobics exercise videos in the basement to the 80s music. And my dad would go out for runs at Prospect Park, you know, rain or shine every day. So I grew up with this kind of love of exercise and fitness. Um, and nutrition was a big part of our life as well. My mother always tried to encourage, you know, we switched to whole wheat, we took out the soda, and uh, we kind of made these little changes over the years. And uh, it just led me on this path to, you know, bridging a gap between nutrition and exercise, which I strongly believe should go together. So, yeah, I'm here. I'm a sports dietitian, uh, and uh, I, I get do to you, do what I love. Do you do your own sports? I mean, are you uh, like, what sports do you like? What, what so I grew up, do you do? Yeah, I, I'm actually a member of Capri, Capri Wheelers, the cyclist team here. And I'm a member of ATG Fitness, which is a CrossFit in on off of Grand Avenue. So I really found my little communities here. But I grew up doing, you know, boxing and CrossFit. I competed in weightlifting competitions. I biked with Bike for Friendship across America. So I grew up just doing all these fun stuff and really trying to push my body to its limit. Um which I, which is why I, again, why I do sports nutrition, because I love working with people. Because there's so much, I mean, there's just so much in New York and there's so much in America. I just love the fact that you love South Africa and you found your little uh, niche here. It's beautiful. Okay, so let's, let's start with, like, what are the basics of nutrition in terms of keeping our body well enough that we are able to exercise well enough? Good question. Yeah, so, like, what is the foundation of healthy eating? So before we get into nitty-gritty of how many grams of protein do I need, I always love to talk to my clients about what is just healthy eating. And the answer usually is it's multifactorial, but eating on time, not skipping meals. You really want to keep your blood sugar stable throughout the day and have enough energy to get you through the day, both physically and mentally. So eating meals on time is really, really important, especially if you're doing any sorts of workouts. Like you, you don't want to get to your workout and be like, I'm starving. I don't have enough energy for this workout or I ate too much right before. And now I feel kind of, you know, nauseous. So we want to make sure meals are on time and we want to make sure each meal is pretty balanced. And what that means is that you're including some major food groups in your meal, a protein, a starch, and a vegetable. And primarily the vegetables are there in the greatest amount. Sometimes we tend to have the starch there in the greatest amount. We want the vegetables to take up about half a plate, the protein about a quarter of a plate, and the starch about a quarter of the plate. So that's your kind of your 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 basics. And then we can go into the nitty gritty of what is healthy eating um, things like supplements and pre-workout and post-workout. But that is the basis meal timing, balancing your plate with certain food groups. And then we take it from there. And we discuss about the importance of like a protein versus a carb for exercising. Sure. So a lot of people are like, oh, I just need to eat a lot of protein and that's how I'm going to build muscle. But that's not really the case. When it comes to trying to get fit and building muscle, there's a few things that go into it. Firstly, our exercise has to match what we want to accomplish with our bodies, right? So we do a form of strength training like Pilates or yoga or weightlifting. Those are all strength type of movements. Anything where you're pushing against resistance will help tear down the muscle tissue and then help it rebuild. So getting stronger and tighter. And then you want to do a form of cardio right? Like running or Zumba or swimming, 
because anything that gets your heart rate up for a sustained amount of time will help you burn fat and develop your cardiorespiratory system. Now, how does nutrition match those? You need protein and you need carbs to help build muscle. You need protein to help rebuild that torn muscle tissue and make it stronger. And you need carbs to go alongside of it to help replenish your glycogen, which is your fuel tank, essentially. And if you put those two together, protein, carbs, you are essentially giving your body the best bang for your buck to build muscle, to get stronger, and be recovered for your next workout. And that's essentially what recovery nutrition is. You obviously need vegetables to prevent sickness because if we're sick, then we can't work out. So we want those that fiber and that vegetables to help keep us healthy. So again, fiber from vegetables, protein starch, that's what's on our plate. And that's what's going to help fuel our workouts. Okay, we're speaking to Baylor Brisky. She is a sports nutritionist. We'd love to, uh, if you want to engage with her, please give us uh, a message through our SMS line 34519 or our telegram number 061-895-1019. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're speaking to Baylor Brisky, and we're talking about the relationship between exercise and nutrition. So, Baylor, just in terms of if somebody wants to go like on a weight loss program, right? So we understand that we have to correct our what we're eating. We have to exercise. Like what we was what you were saying before, kind of like felt to me like so: eat protein, eat carb, go to the gym, and then you know burn the carb, like strengthen your muscles, and there's no weight loss in that equation, like. How does it really work? So when most clients come to me and say, hey, I want to lose weight, um, we usually have to dig a bit deeper. It's not just, oh, and include some starch and protein and vegetables. Yeah, that's all right and good. But a lot of times it's, I can't stop snacking after dinner. Like my kids go to sleep and then I'm just like, I'm watching TV with my husband and I'm just like, I can't stop munching. And a lot of times there's like, You have to look back at your day and say, did I eat correctly that day? Meaning, did I fill up my meals the way we described earlier? Or did I just have like a chicken salad and forget to have a starch with lunch, which would make you hungrier for carbs later? And usually we want carbs in the form of biscuits and scones and and cookies and things like that. So it's important to kind of take a look at your day, try to fill your meals appropriately so that you are satiated and less snacky later on. That's essentially what usually helps people move towards their healthy weight. Also, if we take our focus off of weight loss, it's not like just hopping on the scale every morning and going like, yay, or ah, shoot. It becomes a lot easier to eat healthy. If we put the focus on fitness and trying to get stronger and fitter, it becomes easier to eat healthy. Can you elaborate a little bit on carbs? Like, are you saying have a bagel or are you saying, you know, what is the healthy carb? What are you suggesting? So carbs include things like fruit. It includes vegetables. It includes starchy vegetables like potatoes, sweet potatoes, whole grains like quinoa or brown rice pasta. Um, Challah is a carb. Bread is a carb. We try to make it whole grain or whole wheat because more fiber means more satiety, meaning you're more full for longer. Good for your blood sugar. Good for your appetite. And it's okay to have, you know, not whole grains sometimes. Sometimes we'll have fried chips with our burgers, right? And that's, or the burger bun. That's not necessarily the best carb for you, but we include that 
because it's part of our lives and we want to enjoy our lives. And it's okay to have the white processed carbs here and there. We just want to make most of our meals have the brown rice or the brown rice pasta or the whole wheat bread or the potatoes with the skin on. Those are like the carbs that uh, give you the most nutrient density, the most nutrients per calorie. It's so interesting because, I mean, nutrients, it's such a huge topic. And, you know, do you do you go into like supplements, supplementation, if someone's lacking something or not eating the right foods? Sure. The most important thing, Faggy, to remember for most people is that you cannot out-supplement a bad diet. So yes. you first want to focus on making sure that the person's, you know, your, your, your total day looks good um, in terms of you're eating all the right nutrients, you're not cutting out major food groups needlessly, um, and that you're exercising properly, you're staying hydrated, like those are all really important. And then if your doctor, you know, if you go to the doctor and you get your labs done and he says you're deficient in vitamin D, yes, you should be taking a vitamin D supplement. But um, most people, again, if you're eating right and exercising, a multivitamin is just an insurance. It's not necessarily necessary for every person. So basically don't go and eat your unhealthy foods and just supplement thinking that you're fine. Correct. So I've got, I've got a, a flip on the other side. So, for example, I myself am gluten intolerant, right? So I'm staying away from all the bread and the and and, and the chips, and like like I don't have too much carbs. Well, the carbs that you're descri- describing. So, what would you say to a person like myself, where I'm clo- I'm completely gluten free, okay, mm-hmm. and I can't really tolerate any type of. Uh, of, 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 of that type of stuff. So then what do I need to give my body in order that I can exercise properly? Right. So people who are gluten-free, either from celiac or gluten intolerance, obviously need to avoid gluten for medical reasons. Um, for them, for you, I would say, you know, you still need to eat carbs. Your, your brain runs pri- primarily on glucose, which comes from carbs. So you can't do with zero carbs. So you still need carbs. You just want to make sure that for each meal, you are choosing a gluten-free option. So breakfast might be gluten-free oats, with lunch might be, you know, gluten-free bread, with your, you know, tuna salad. Again, you want to make sure you have the carb, the protein, and the vegetable. So having, let's say, a tuna salad plus the gluten-free bread would equal a balanced meal. And then same thing for dinner. You do a gluten-free starch, something that you're comfortable with, Um, But just making sure you're spreading out those gluten-free carb options throughout the day. Uh, This gluten-free topic is actually interesting also, Adel, because if I go to a function and uh, and it comes to desserts or it comes to like all the pre-food that people are walking around with and you literally can't touch one thing that they're eating. So if it comes to desserts and I fill my plate with like as much fruit as possible because, you know, that's the only thing that I can possibly eat for dessert, which is also not necessarily the healthy way of doing it. It's it's hard because once you cut out a food group for medical reasons, um, you are trying to compensate and you obviously feel left out that you can't partake in, you know, all the gluten options. So you're trying to fill up on fruit, which is like. Obviously, I've never known anyone to overdose on fruit. It's kind of hard (laughs) to overeat fruit. So, like, I don't think that that's a huge issue. But, um, yeah, you just want to make sure you have readily available gluten-free options around so that, you, by, you know, if you are around uh, a bunch of gluten options, you don't feel like you're going to go out of control or feel like uh, you're missing out on something. But I think, I think, like for myself, one of the things that was most important for me not to have that craving for gluten. 
all right, or the claim is is to make sure that my blood sugar is stable. Because if my blood sugar is stable, then my body is satiated, and then I don't go like you know where where's the, you know the next thing that I need to. No, well, the one beauty of being gluten free is that you're not eating all those foods that are dropping your blood sugar or raising or, your blood sugar. I would say like the the what what Adel said about not dropping your blood sugar is really important. Regardless if you're gluten free or not, you re- that's why I, I specifically started with meal timing. Because imagine this: you wake up, you have your morning coffee. You're like, I'm too hung- I'm too busy. I'm not hungry. I don't need breakfast. Let me wait till lunch. Twelve o'clock clock rolls rolls around. You have a work meeting. You get busy. Then it's two p.m. and you're like, oh man, I still didn't eat. And you have your 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 meal, your lunch, your chicken salad, and you have some snacks after. And then dinner time rolls around. And again, you're starving. You're like, I eat double, triple portions and then I can't stop snacking. You basically let your blood sugar go way, 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 way down. And obviously, if you're a diabetic or have blood sugar issues, this is a big no, no. But you you let your blood sugar go down and then you spiked it up really, really high once you started eating and then overeating. And those sort of, you know, big roller coaster ride with your blood sugar does no good for anyone. It uh, doesn't do good for your appetite, for your weight, for your metabolism, for your energy levels. So why I specified meal timing is regardless if you're gluten-free or not, make sure your meals are at the, try to make sure they're at the same time every day. You will get hungry at that time if you stick with your meal timing. And again, try to include a carb, a gluten-free carb, if you are gluten-free with all your meals, not just, you know, you're not going to skip carbs with breakfast and just have a yogurt and 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 an egg, you know, have the carb, have the banana with the yogurt, have it with maybe even a cup of berries, have some more carbs with your yogurt. Um, yeah, does that make sense? So, so do I understand between the lines, you're not a fan of intermittent fasting? <laughs> I talked to my husband about intermittent fasting. <laughs> For some people, for some very specific people, usually very fit men, um, they do very well with intermittent fasting. Most of my clients do not, meaning they skip breakfast, they go to lunch and they go to dinner and then they're starving after dinner. And that's a reason not to do intermittent fasting. That's just called skipping breakfast and then not eating healthy. There is a better way of doing intermittent fasting that you eat in the morning, that you that you eat in the morning, you eat for lunch, but then your fasting is more towards the evening time, which also kind of breaks away from all that snacking and overeating before you go to sleep, which is obviously helps your sleep. And there is, there yeah. is a, a way of doing it. And I feel like also there's women that obviously do intermittent fasting based on their cycle of the month. And, you know, that apparently is amazing too. That's interesting. I never heard that. Cool. Yeah. I just have to say out of the thousands of clients that I've seen in my lifetime, I think two did intermittent fasting correctly where they used it to stay fit or get fit or stay fit. Uh, most of the people I know do not do intermittent fasting correctly. And I always say, if there's a goal that you want, let's say I want to get fit, there are many paths to getting there. Why choose one of the most difficult ones <laughs> like intermittent fasting? If some, Again, there are some people that they are successful, but it's very few and far between as far as I've seen. Can you talk about the type of um, exercises, you know, um, and, and and what to do? Because, again, I, I like one of the things that I've learned, um, and I'm also, I also come from quite a, 
if I can't use athletic, like exercise-minded family, right? So everybody's exercising one way. And I've like learned that different people do better at different exercises. So for example, some of my family love running, right? I can't run. And if I run, I, I will stick my, my butt or, or I can't do a lot of high intensity. high intensity cardio because I will feel completely inflamed afterwards, okay? And I will, like, it takes me three days to recover. I used to have somebody that, you know, that used to come to me and she used to make me do all this cardio, jump all around, whatever, like, and I, I think I felt good for maybe an hour. Afterwards, my body became inflamed. It became all sore. It took three days to get better. And then she, the doorbell used to ring and we used to start again. And eventually I, I got to learn that my body doesn't function that way. Like my body is much better if I'm doing Pilates, if I'm doing yoga, I can do now like a bit of rebounding, you know what I mean? Getting the, the, the thing then, but not, I'm not going to run the five kilometer or the 21 kilometer. And, and vice versa, like other members of the family, like it just doesn't resonate with them. So is my question to you is, does, is exercise specific to people? Like not everybody can or should do this in order to, yeah. to get healthy. No, not everyone should run, comrades. I, I strongly believe that. <laughs> me, me included. Um, 100%, Adel. I don't think uh, certain exercises are for everyone. But what I do think is the most important thing for people to understand when it comes to exercise is doing the thing you actually enjoy will help keep you doing it. It'll It's sustainable mm -hmm. exercise. If you hate running and you decide, I'm going to run three times a week, That'll maybe last two weeks before you give up. And it's not yeah. your fault. It's the fault of the plan. You you made the wrong plan for yourself. And this is where a good dietitian or a good trainer can come in. They can determine, oh, you like dancing. Let's set up a dancing, you know, exercise regimen, a weekly regimen. I also say the next priority, besides picking something you actually like, is doing a form of cardio exercise. It can be high intensity or low intensity. Higher intensity means something like, you know, big jumps and lunges or um, picking up things very fast, run, doing little sprints, things like CrossFit can, uh, you basically need to do it for a shorter amount of time for it to be effective. A typical CrossFit workout is about 15 minutes. That's 15 minutes of going really hard. Or you could do a more moderate exercise like a slow jog or a fast walk and just increase the duration. So you're doing more of a a longer but less intense workout. And some for some people that works a lot better, that still creates fat burn and creates, you know, good changes at the meta at the cellular level. And then picky form of strength training like Pilates or yoga or weightlifting. Anything any of those activities where you're pushing against resistance, think of a downward dog or a plank or picking up a dumbbell or a barbell, those create muscle. And the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn at rest. So those two types of exercises, the cardio and the strength, you need to have some form of them during the week. Pick things that you enjoy. That would be my message. Do you find that the types of food that you eat before exercise has a different, like has a has an effect on the actual exercise that you're doing? So like my brother would say that yoga doesn't lie. Like when he goes to yoga, if he's eaten something bad before that, he feels so terrible he has to stop. But if he's eaten something healthy before it, like he can manage the whole, like manage it and do it well. Have you ever eaten like a full meal? Like <laughs> to do any workout? I'm not any necessarily like a full meal, but I'm saying like if it's the healthy food, like your, your healthy grains, your healthy vegetables, your healthy foods versus having 
a burger and fries or burger and chips and then going and doing yoga workout, even if it's a couple of hours later, no matter, talking about the actual, the fact yeah. that you have like the healthy foods in your body, you know, it has an effect on your, on the exercise that you're doing. How many times after Matzah Shabbos, the next morning, you're sweating out the couple of signs you had on Shabbos? You know, it's like, of course, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Um, healthy food, well-timed healthy food will fuel your workouts or hinder your workouts. So that's exactly right. You want to make sure what you're eating is fueling your workout and then helping you recover after. And it's not just the pre and post. It's the entire 24 hours at, you know, after you exercise, what are you doing? That will determine how you feel at your next workout. What about ex- what about going and doing exercise so early in the morning, but you don't eat breakfast before? You wake up yeah. and you exercise and then you eat. Is that a that's bad thing? That's, that's a common question. Should I work out fed or fasted? There's a bunch of studies on this, which are fascinating. But the answer, the bottom line, what do you prefer? If you like working out like after eating, great. If you cannot touch or look at food before your workout, that's totally up to you. It, I would say if you like working out uh, without eating, it, it will be interesting to do an experiment on yourself to have a little bit of something about an hour before your workout. Usually that little something is something called caffeine in the form of coffee because that is the number one ergogenic aid meaning it enhances athletic performance and maybe a little bit of carbs like a banana uh those two ingredients caffeine plus carbs are the rocket fuel an hour before a workout 30 minutes before a workout it'll it might send you to the moon it might not so (laughs) i would say exercising on an empty stomach or on a fasted you know body is is almost like burns more isn't it it burns more calories like isn't the latest research about you know exercising after a fast is just unbelievable because you burn that much more Fagi, i can find you 10 studies that support exactly what you just said and then i could find you 10 studies that say exactly the opposite right working out fed or fasted is highly contested from the research i've looked at and from the athletes i've dealt with it's always going to come down to what do you prefer? Some people, it, like you give them food before a, a run, they're going to they're gonna be like, no, I'm not going on this run. I can't do that. I just, you, you were describing like going and having a hamburger chips and then going to gym. I think I'll, I'll just drop it. Like I actually can't. Like once, once you've eaten, I can't sit there going and doing a stomach crunch with food in my, food in my stomach. What's this, whole, what's this whole concept of like protein shakes and, you know, what these bodybuilders do before and after and all these, you know, crazes to build muscle, to lose fat, to, you know, there's just so much out there. There's so much out there and there's so many supplements on the market. The, the supplement industry, uh, the muscle gaining industry is massive. It's huge. Um, the most well-studied Supplements are whey protein, which you can get at discount. Um, whey protein is a protein component of milk, comes from milk. Um, and that is actually one of the most supported supplements in terms of muscle building taken right after a workout, specifically a strength workout. You don't need it to gain muscle. If you do your strength workout and then you want to have your eggs and your toast and your salad, that's a perfectly fine protein-containing milk, a protein-containing meal, especially if it's the whole egg, not just the egg white, um, for muscle building. So if you, I would say if you need a shake, like you're not going to get a meal maybe an hour or so after a strength workout, 
then have a, a protein shake with a fruit. Because again, the carbs and the protein work together to build muscle. So have the shake. But if you're going to have your breakfast or your lunch or your dinner right after that workout, don't need the shake. But that is the one of the most well-studied supplements in terms of fitness, whey protein. Going go to the Powerade and all these things that people have to drink before. I mean, it's like, it's, it's. I think it's contrary to healthy, you wealthy, you chemistry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just like. But at the same time, though, people think that it has electrolytes, so it's great and it's healthy for you and it's fantastic. But who knows, you know, who knows what else is in there? Yeah. I mean, if, liquids and drinking and electrolytes. Maybe we'll do that after the break. We are going indeed going to do it after the break. If you've got a question for our guest, you can SMS three four five one nine or six one eight nine five one zero one nine is our telegram number just a quick reminder that Fabian and i run a whatsapp group that's just admin run we're not going to uh, drive you insane in fact you can even leave it on silent but every single day we just drop an idea about how you can better your health because really truly a lot of our health is in our hands so if you'd like to join that whatsapp group please send an email to info at highfm.com give us your name give us your cell phone number and of course you need to be running whatsapp and we will gladly join you. And if you have any topics that you would like us to cover, please also send an email to info at highfm.com and we will try our best to source out the best person um, in that field. This is 101.9 HiFM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're speaking to Baylor Brisky about sports nutrition. And before the break, we were discussing electrolytes and drinking and fluid intake. Can we just elaborate on that now? Yes. Uh, Don't drink Powerade if you're just sitting on your couch watching TV. If you're running comrades or you're doing a long cycling trip, you need electrolytes, especially in this hot weather we're having. Um, You could die if you do not have them. So they're absolutely necessary hydration, electrolytes, some carbs, during prolonged heavy workouts, that's when you want electrolytes from Powerade, if you're American, Gatorade, because Powerade does not taste good, um, and or electrolyte powder you can buy from Dischem. Those are all important for continuing your workout. Again, if you're just doing an hour of Pilates or you're going for a short run, you do not, you just need to drink water. You do not need electrolytes. That's That's what I have to say about electrolytes. I'm going to say just because it is the healthy you wealthy show, where do you get natural electrolytes? I am so anti-powerade. Okay. Um like I did sometimes I, I certainly don't drink it, but sometimes I see some of my family um mm. take it and then honestly and you're you're drinking I said to them, I'll take them to hyperpaint. Yeah. Electrolytes <laughs> to it and I'll give it to them as a drink. <laughs> so um you need the when you say natural electrolytes, what do you mean by that? I just feel like all of these, 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 these. What is the beauty of electrolytes? Like, is it the minerals? What exactly is an electrolyte that hydrates you? So electrolytes means you're getting a good dose, of, an appropriate dose of sodium, which comes from salt. So you could basically get electrolytes by making your own little concoction. If you're eating some salty pretzels and drinking water, you're getting enough sodium to support your workout. Because if you're sweating out a ton of fluids and you're just drinking water, um, you're going to basically dilute yourself if you're over drinking. So not to over dilute yourself, which is also a problem called overhydration. You want to include something that has salt, sodium, and something that has potassium. 
bananas are a natural source of potassium. So again, if you're doing a long workout and you want to fuel yourself appropriately and you're able to eat something, then you do pretzels and a banana with some fluids. Good to go. But now reminding me that we used to, I mean, before any fast, we have that electrolyte yeah. cocktail. That is really what it's, it's what it's about. There's, there's, there's the salt, the Himalayan salt or the Celtic salt, salt that has some honey and with some, what else? Was lemon there? juice, orange juice. There was exactly. a, like, an electrolyte solution and you actually like fast, the, the fasting is like power. You That's know? a natural electrolyte, not power. Another, another ingredient, very important ingredient when you're trying to rehydrate that's really important is sugar. So a lot of times people like shy away and they're like, oh, it's sugar, I shouldn't eat that. But you actually, again, for long, hot workouts, you do need a form of carbs or sugar, usually simple carbs, to help keep you hydrated. So Powerade, Gatorade, all of those have a form, usually two forms of sugar, fructose or glucose, or a mixture, because a mixture of carbohydrates actually helps re rehydrate and refuel, um, helps you refuel your glycogen, which is your fuel tank. You can also get, um, I like the Noon tablets, N-U-N-W-N from Dischem. Um, they're a bit pricey, but they are really nice to just keep in your pocket if you're doing a long event, a long like- uh, That actually is the, is the natural electrolyte <laughs> way to go. That is, that is more natural, but it does have dextrose again, a form of carbs that turn that it, that is sugar essentially. Um, it's a like I guess you could call it a natural form of sugar, just like a banana has its own form of of natural sugars in it. But again, you do need sugar to rehydrate. Uh, you need sodium, you need potassium, you need fluids. Those are all the important ingredients when it comes to making sure you don't pass out from dehydration or overhydration. This whole carbohydrate story is so interesting. I feel like I'm allergic to carbs. Like I feel <laughs> like, you know, obviously I think that and I feel that, but I do, I get it from my fruits and I get it from my grains. I do, but I feel like my body can't handle it. But maybe that's because I don't exercise enough. What do you mean? My, what happens if you do eat carbs? Uh, it's just a weight issue for me. So a lot of times people, well, we, I, I need my protein. I need my protein in the morning to, you know, carry me through to the, to lunch. And then I need my protein. Give me an example. What does your breakfast look like? Eggs and avocado every morning. And then lunch. Uh, tuna, tuna, <laughs> tuna uh, chicken, protein, vegetables, always. A lunch with a, with a protein. So you like to have like heavy on the vegetables, heavy on the protein for most of your yes. meals. I mean, my, my, look, but then now you say when I, when it gets to the night time, I look for my dried mango as my, as my pick me up, you know, or my, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't go for biscuits and chocolate and whatever else, but I still need something that is going to give me that little lift. Yeah, you do need that lift, right? Because your body cannot run on that low carbohydrates for that long. Again, your your brain does run on blood sugar. So if you're feeling low or you're feeling low energy or low mood, you do need those carbs to pick you back up. Carbs actually boost your serotonin, which is your feel-good hormone. So yeah. we actually need carbs. So that's why you're probably reaching for the dried fruit after the day is done. I'm always reaching um, for fruit. It's always the fruit that will give me that little lift. Yeah, and the most sugary one. So it's always the nectarine or the mango or the grapes, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm always just trying to find what's in season here because I don't I don't know what's in season. I'm like, I'm not in New York anymore. You can't just get strawberries all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you can. I guess you're going to just pay important prices, but. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the entire idea is like really, really interesting. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that 
you know, you've got to get to know your body. And I think that that's something that 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 is is I think a fundamental to health. We are individual. We you know we we genetically um, are, are wired differently, and different people like you know find that I, I'm I'm different say, say to Peggy in that. Well, that is genetics. It's all well, genetics because according to my genetics, I need to do high intensity exercise. Yeah. So for my heart and for my health, I need that. Whereas for you, you might my not need that. It doesn't me. work. I just I become so overinflamed that it's ridiculous. Whereas I can build strength through yoga, through you know, through uh, through. I do a bit of, of of cardio, like rebounding, but it, it it's much better. I feel much better, much stronger, and 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 more alive than if you tell me to start trying to run five kilometers. I can walk forever. Don't tell me to run because when I run, my body just goes. I hate this, and no, don't do it again. And I, like, I need to sit in an Epsom salt bath just to like <laughs> myself and try to get rid of the inflammation. So, so it, you know, it is it is an interesting topic, and something that you know I think every single person needs to explore and understand with the guidance of somebody like Baylor. You know, w- what is right, and and how do you how do you move forward to give yourself optimum health? Do you practice in Johannesburg? I do not. I have clients in New York uh, because uh, I do have a lot of dietitian friends here that do take medical aid. So can put people in touch and get a referral. Um, but I, exactly what you said, Adel, in terms of personalized nutrition, personalized workout programs, we each are individual. We most of us know our bodies pretty well. So if you have a good dietitian who can make a nutrition plan that is tailored to you or a good coach that can make a plan and tailor it for your body type. That is that is everything. Because again, if your plan doesn't work, it's you're not you're not going to stick to it. If your if your air coach tells you to run three times a week, that's not your plan. That's not in the cards for you. Um, so you has to be tailored to the individual. And lifestyle changes don't have to be huge overhauls. They can be little tweaks here and there. You know, adding a little more protein to breakfast, adding a little bit more fiber to your lunches. Things like that can really change a person's day and make them feel better and lead them on the path towards fitness. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We just have a couple of minutes left, Baylor. So one of the to- topics that we didn't touch on is our children, our teenagers, like, you know, there obviously has to be you, – you spoke about the fact that you are who you are today because you saw your parents doing, you know, exercise. What do you say about – what do you say to parents who have children, teenagers? What fundamentals would they be putting in place? Role modeling is the most important thing when it comes to teaching your kids how to be healthy. If you don't eat vegetables, why are you – upset that your child doesn't eat vegetables. So you eating a wide variety of foods in front of your child, not pressuring them to do the same, kind of just letting them watch. Um, Same with exercise, you know, you don't must go outside and go play ball. No, it's like mom's going out for a run. Mom's going to CrossFit. Mom's doing yoga. Like just them seeing that is a, makes a huge difference in their lives. So it shouldn't never be a forced thing. It should never be put on them. If they do it, that'll make mom happy. That's not the case. It should be, you know, mom's doing it, mom's feeling good, or dad's doing it, dad's eating vegetables. Usually what follows is without the pressure, child wants to try it too. And that goes across the board from babyhood, toddlerhood, adolescence, teenager. 
I think it's also about encouraging kids, like, you know, today, because of technology, we tend to sit on our, our rear ends a lot more, you know, sitting on the phone, sitting on the iPad, sitting watching the TV, et cetera, et cetera, that it's important to get out there, you know, and, and encourage your kids to come along with you, or even if it's just to go for a walk, or it's even to take the ball to the, the park and, and, and play, or, or do make sure that there is some type of exercise regime every single day, because I think it, it, it does wonders for kids who actually go out and and expend energy there is a blizzard right now in new york and during this blizzard i can assure you there are plenty of new yorkers including some of my family members that would get out there and go for a run or do some form of activity so moving here to this beautiful country of south africa where the, where the weather is pretty much perfect all the time i say like get out there use this opportunity to to do something outside or inside um do a form of activity that you like. It, it is like, uh, it is the most important thing that you could do for you and your family. Great. That's been Beautiful. incredible. We've had an incredible uh, chat and we really, really appreciate your time and, and your expertise. And yeah, I feel a bit more motivated. You, Peggy? <laughs> After my walk this morning and going with a friend and just having such a great time, definitely. I mean, like you say, just doing something you enjoy is nothing like it. There you go. Baylor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everyone listening. This is the Healthy You Wealth You Show, and this is 101.9. Hi, FM.